Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to uh, yet another episode of Thank God That Game Is Over, Ottawa. Uh, I am Charlie, your host for the evening. Um, this was a game that Maud was supposed to do. Unfortunately, she, uh, she's she got COVID, so she's taking the night off, um, resting up. Hopefully, she feels better soon, so I uh, hope we can all wish Maud a uh, speedy recovery from, uh, from being sick. So... Like you could, you couldn't have gotten sick on like a night of a seven p.m. win. It's okay. I hope, I hope, I hope you're feeling better. Um, in the last, I guess that would be what three nights because the the Canucks game was on uh, was on Tuesday. In the last three nights, uh, I've watched the Sens lose by a combined score of. Uh, I can do math. Ten to four. <laughs> staying up until, it's staying up until well past midnight for both. Uh awful. Anyway, sends lose to the Seattle Kraken, four to one. That sends that sends hockey, baby. That sends hockey. Um, right off the top, uh. I'm gonna start a fight. <laughs> I don't want to start a fight. Uh, I I tweeted out earlier uh, tonight during the game uh, where I wonder where all the uh, it's the goalie that's the problem people are tonight because four one loss one of them being one of the four goals being an empty netter um, like Corpus if it weren't for Corpusalo I I know I keep saying this if it wasn't for Corpusalo it would be like five six nothing uh, all three. Seattle goals were just awful, awful defensive collapses. All three goals, two of them being breakaways, all three goals were a result of someone being in front of the net completely on their own, uncontested. The first goal being, I don't know if I want to rank them. I was going to say the first goal being the worst one, but the first goal, the first goal was a result of two Awful, awful turnovers. Um, majority of the night, the 
the pairings were Chikrin with Sanderson and Shabbat with Zub, but for whatever reason, on uh, that first goal in the first period, uh, it was uh, Chikrin and, and Shabbat out on the ice together. Uh, Chikrin was trying to pass it to a forward, and it was blocked by, I don't remember who that would have been. I don't know if it was uh, Bjorkstrand or not, but Chikrin was trying to pass it up to a forward, sort of around the defensive blue line, and the pass is blocked by the only Seattle player within 30 feet in any direction. Um, and then uh, he fires it wide. Um, there's a puck battle in the corner. Shabbat loses that puck battle despite the fact that there are three Sens players sort of in that corner. One Seattle player there wins that puck battle, finds the, uh, finds the open man, fires on net, then there's a rebound, and then I think was that first goal? Was that was that Gord? Was that Yanni Gord? Let me double check here. Yeah, so Yanni Gord. Then he cuts in front of the net, gets that rebound, pots it in there, completely uncontested from the defense. And it doesn't even matter if Gord had even just flown in like that because there was another Kraken player alone next to Corpusalo, just a little bit further to uh, Corpusalo's right. So. Even if Gord hadn't flown in and gotten that loose puck, I I don't doubt that whoever that was parked in front of the net on the other side would have gotten to it as well. So um, completely uncontested, alone in front of the net. Then the next two goals that Seattle scores uh, being breakaways, also also both resulting from uh, giveaways. That that's that first of the two breakaway goals. The um, let me double check the. The stuff here, the uh, that that Thomas Tatar breakaway that was a result of a giveaway granted thirty seconds before. So like, there's like a little bit of the whole like, well, Seattle got possession thirty seconds before from a giveaway, and then that turned into a goal. It wasn't like a direct anyway. Um, yeah, just oh, so Tatar scores in that breakaway. Um. Like all, all it took was the puck slipping past one defenseman on the defensive blue line, and it's it's a wide open zone. Um, I think that was Shabbat who had who was beat there, uh, had the puck kind of shoved between his legs, and Zub was Zub wasn't really pinching up; he was just kind of hanging out at the blue line on the far right side, whereas Shabbat had the puck slip by him over on the left. So Tatar had a ton of room breakaway. Fires it in. Um, and then the last one for last Seattle breakaway, um, Burakovsky. That was, again, like the others from a giveaway. So uh, just a brutal, brutal turnover. So, like, you can you can look at, and, and, and like, okay, so I, I want to circle back real quick, and then we're going to talk about other stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm done talking about the whole goalie versus defense after this one. Forsberg and Corpusalo have both been they've both underachieved but they haven't been nearly as bad as the defense. I don't put any of the three goals that got past Corpusalo on him tonight. Two breakaways and the other one is still a goal that was allowed because a Seattle player got in tight on him completely uncontested getting the rebound. There's there's you can't blame him on any of those. So, four one Seattle win, one on the empty net, three goals. I don't. So out of those four goals, you can't blame 
any of them on Corpus Allo. He wasn't in the net for one of them. And the other three, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Two breakaways and a guy going in on his own. Anyway, um, Parker Kelly scores the lone sends goal. Um, that was after that was following two solid shifts of uh, offensive, just pre- like consistent, consistent offensive pressure. Um, Kubelik fires from the point. I, bl- I think it was Kubelik, and and it kind of it's kind of trickling through the crease. Kelly shoves it in. Um, yeah, well, that was the game. That was, <laughs> that was the game. We're gonna be talking about uh, just general sends. Uh, problems, I think, for quite a bit uh, of the show. A couple things of note, though, from today. One, that was uh, Jacques Martin's 700th, ga- 700th game as head coach of the Sens. Um, so that's interesting. And Brady Kachuk named the uh, representative for the Sens going to the All-Star game. Um, I understand why it's Brady going to the All-Star game. My personal pick from the team this year so far would be Claude Giroux. But also, like, I if, if I'm if I'm Giroux, I want the like ten or so days off. Like I understand why it's Brady. Like even if Brady wasn't having a very good season, like he's still having a solid season. Um stats wise, like like he's scoring at a really great pace. Like he's he's like the Kachuk brothers kind of have to be there, I guess. So there you go. Kachuk's going to the All-Star game, and um, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a push to try and vote probably Stutzla in, even though, um, as as it's being said here in the chat, Stutzla looks super bad tonight. Stutzla, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I was I was someone who was really, really dunking on people or, or attempting to early on this season when people were saying, Stutzla doesn't look good. Um because to me, he looked fine early on in the season. If we're talking like, you know, first 20 games, give or take, I think he had something, he, he had what, like close to 25 points in the first 20 games, give or take, something like that. And and yeah, he he clearly wasn't playing, you know, at his best. But the the, the kind of, the, the, what I took away from that was the fact that this guy is playing at, he's well above a point per game, clearly not playing at his best. Um. But he, as it turns out, he wasn't. He also wasn't pl- playing at his worst. Uh, he's he's been. Uh, he's he's just kind of been bad, for for a few games now. He definitely he. Uh, there's like I don't. I'm trying to figure out the right way to, to word this because there's like tears to it, right? There's he's been bad, and then there's like not good, which isn't necessarily bad. It just isn't good. So he's been not good for a good chunk of the last dozen or so games. Um, but he's been actually he's he's been pretty bad for the last few games. And uh, I, I think I think we as a fan base are all in agree- in agreement that something is off with him. Like he's he must have some kind of injury with his with his wrist. He, he's got that taped up. He's not shooting. When he does shoot, it's not good. Um, so I don't know. I I'm back and forth right now. I I have a lot of people trying to uh, I have a lot of people trying to convince me to be on Team Tank. I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me to be Team Tank at this point. 
It's been so long since this team was good. I can't I can't be on team tank. I am, however, very much on team indifferent. Um, so a lot of people are mad about like the moral victory of tonight, where it looked like Ottawa was probably the better team for a majority of the game and just got burned because Seattle scored on all of Ottawa's mistakes. Fine. It's 2024. This team's been probably completely out of the playoff picture since early December, and that's with this team hardly playing in November. I'm so far past the point of getting mad about the moral victories. Um, not not, Not to say that that's me looking down on people who are still mad that, like, about the whole moral victory thing. No, it's you're completely right to be mad about that. I'm just I I I'm just I <laughs> I saying I don't care is strong is, is is too strong of a thing to say. I do I do care. I just I just can't be bothered to rile myself up about this team continuing to lose. They're losing. They're going to keep losing. And that's that's just the way that the season is has been playing out and is probably going to continue playing out. So I'm not too concerned about that. It's nice that we we kind of got to see a slightly better game from them. Uh, I would say a considerably better game, actually, compared to that uh, Vancouver game, at least the first period um, in that Vancouver game. They probably should have won that had it not been for that nightmare of the first 20 minutes. But... Um, Ask the chat, how many of you are on Team Tank? How many of you are on just ride out the rest of the season and, and, and see what this team can be in the remaining, give or take, 40-ish games? Um, whatever, uh, whatever you guys think. From, uh, from Dennis in the chat, Jacques should step down, in my opinion. He's just too old. Agree to disagree. Uh, I don't think the right move is to keep him in as the coach for the remainder of the season. I wouldn't be surprised surprised if uh, if that's what happens. But like, it's 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 a brutal mix for this team because this is a team that's had a coach who's kind of let them get away with whatever whatever they want for the last five years. There's been like zero accountability under DJ Smith. Uh, and you could see that when it was one, I don't know if it was the first game that Jacques and Alfie were behind the bench, but it was, it was one of, it was, it was one of, if not the first game where um, Alfie was giving Castle an earful. Like Castle, I don't remember exactly what the play was. Either Castle, I think it was maybe Castle not finishing his hits. Uh, just in the defensive zone. And Alfie was just like giving him an earful. And, and, and you could see Castle on the bench, like looking at Alfie, like what, what is happening? This has never happened before. So, I don't think you can look at the results under Jacques and be like, this is Jacques as a coach. This is a team that still has to take a lot of time to get rid of those bad habits and just lack of accountability built under DJ Smith from the past five years. So I I do think it's a good idea to bring in a full-time coach, like bring in that actual permanent replacement 
as soon as you can. I don't know if they will, but these guys, and, and I mean, that's the thing too, right? Like these players know that Jock is the interim coach. Like he's, and, and like, I don't think he's too old necessarily. He's definitely among the oldest coaches ever. Um, you know, suddenly being the interim coach this season, but he's not going to be the full-time coach. Obviously he's not going to be coaching this team next season. So why are these young players who are getting negative feedback and, 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 and all those quotes from Jacques fantastic quotes for the fans. If you're playing on his team and you're a young, like disgruntled player who's pissed off that you're being held accountable for the first time in your life, that's not going to go over well. So we shouldn't be surprised when these guys aren't going to be buying into whatever new system they're being presented by Jacques and even Alfie. Um, because like, why the fuck should we care? You won't be here in a few months. So I don't think bringing in a new coach sooner is going to result in a better result for the end of the season. I do think bringing in a new coach who's going to be here for a while is going to improve the start to next season. The longer that whoever the new coach is, is going to have to run out the rest of this year at the very least, then you can go into the off season with your guy on the bench and then at least start getting input from him on moves for the offseason and stuff like that. If if this team is running with Jacques for the rest of the season and then they start looking for a coach, bring in a coach in mid-July, like how is that going to help the start for next season? I think I think this team is in desperate need of a permanent like a permanent replacement for coach, someone that will be here next year and someone that they're going to have to be forced to buy in on like whatever system they're trying to be sold. So, um, that's my, that's my weird little, little rambling bit on my, on my coaching opinion. There are rumors that, uh, they're looking at a few names. I think it was, a I I think it was Barube who has been rumored. So like, I would, I would do that. Honestly, I think I would. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing too, right? Like the the options for the the, the coaching options mid season are limited to say the least. I think you're you're better off. Uh, or I don't know if you're better off waiting till the off season. It depends on who they're looking for. I think you're better off waiting until the off season if you want a longer list of options. But like, if Barube's their guy, just do it now. Just do it now. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, from Arham Productions, I'm on Ride It Out. Getting hosed for years in the draft lottery means we're due, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And then uh, Exhausted Father of Three says, Tank, the team is ruinous. They need a fresh start, a new arena perhaps. Uh, Adam Firebear says we need talk at 2.0. Um, this is good. A lot of, a lot of opinions. And I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have, how do I put this? I just got over the fact that I'm okay after they lose, right? Like 
I was furious through November and like majority of December when I was seeing these kinds of games. I've just gotten to the point where I'm just, I'm accepting what happens and I'm trying my best to not let it affect my mood. If I go full tank mode, then I start getting mad when they win. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't handle that. This I can't do it this year. I can't. So I'm, I'm in full ride it out mode. Um, if they keep tanking and end up with a top quality pick. Awesome. If they start to write the ship with a replacement in the coaching department and things start to look better and maybe they move, they do a couple of deadline moves, you know, ship out any rentals and maybe make some roster changes with like, like, like changes with, with the next couple seasons in mind, fine. Like just do like something has to change. I don't know what the right thing to change is, but something needs to change because this team is too loaded and too filled with star power to be one of the worst teams in the league. Um, from, from exhausted father of three, I'd love to see the Sens playing at TD arena while the new stadium is developed. That would be cool. Um, it would never happen though. I mean, they're going to stick it out in Canada until the first day that you can go to a game in that new hypothetical, hopefully will eventually happen downtown arena. Um, I'm just going to say downtown, even if it's, even if it's LeBreton, people saying LeBreton's not downtown. I don't care. I, I, I have such a, I grew up in Barhaven. Okay. I grew up in Barhaven. I have such a wide, like when I say downtown, I'm casting a very wide net to me. Little Italy is downtown. Basically the Glebe is downtown. Like it's, it's all like, it's all downtown. Like once you. Once you get to like Bronson, you're downtown as far as I'm concerned. Um, let's see. Uh, from uh, Dominicus, this feels far worse than any point of last season. You are so correct. <laughs> you are so right. Um, and the, the, the reasoning behind that is, is, expectations are brutal expectations are so rough um around the trade deadline last year playoffs looked doable uh right around the time they acquired chikrin playoffs looked like a possibility and and then they just kind of had a they had an end of the season that was not quite as bad but like you know almost as bad as their start and just kind of played themselves out uh at one point they were like just a few points out of the playoffs with like a handful of games in hand. Um, so would have been nice to see them sneak into the playoffs last year. But um, I think last year, just any success that we got to see as fans of this team felt like a bonus. Um, this year has been. Even, like I think like, so far this year they've played worse than last year and I do think that even if they finish this year with a similar number of points to last year like the difference is last year we're going because I don't know I mean I, I think some sense fans were hoping for playoffs last year heading into the season I was not really one of them um in my interview with uh with the bosses here at SDPN during the uh, hiring process they one of the questions they asked me was 
where do you see the Sens finishing the season? And I said, granted, a little bit optimistically, I said they'd be the best team in the East outside of the playoffs. They weren't quite that good, but they were, you know, like they were a, a few games going a different way and, and they would have been in the playoffs. So um, even then, I wasn't the most optimistic Sens fan on the planet. Uh, this year, I had them as a lock for the playoffs. Um, I I genuinely thought that goaltending would decide between this team being a wild card team or having a home ice advantage, and I'll I'll wear that one. That was a bad take. That was a really really bad take, and I don't think that's me being a homer because this is the first year, and I don't know how long that I had any sort of playoff hopes um which and, and I think that's exactly why this is this is so much worse than any point last season uh for myself and I'm sure any of you who also had genuine playoff hopes for the first time since I don't know I guess, I guess like the 1718 season we all thought the team was going to go on a run again I mean they had just gone to the Eastern Conference Final. Um, then they came back from Sweden and lost. What was it? Didn't they? Didn't they? Didn't they win one of their next thirteen after Sweden that year? Anyway, um, at least the return from Sweden wasn't as bad this year, but it still feels brutal. Um. Yeah, Corpusalo is just like FML. Why did I agree to come to Canada? And it's it's brutal. And that oh my god, I I I did say earlier that I wasn't going to talk about the whole goaltending versus defensive systems thing, but like that dude deserves like these guys need to be taking him out to dinner because not even like because I know it's usually people say something like that when it's like wow that goalie stole them the game. Like these guys are, it's a good thing Corpusalo signed a long-term deal because he is playing to the best of his ability and he's being let out to dry every night. If this dude signed a one-year deal, this team is playing so poorly in front of him, I wouldn't be surprised if he would have struggled to get an NHL contract next season. Like if you don't watch the Sens games and you just look at his stats, this team is sewering him. It's awful. Um, this team needs a massive shakeup in the off season. Yeah. Uh, I, the problem, I don't know what that is. I'm seeing people on Twitter saying like, like posting their list of like, here are my like untouchables. And then here are my, like, if it's a really good offer and then like, uh, ship out of the deadline, like people posting that. And I'm trying to figure like, what the, who are my untouchables on this team? And it's, uh, tough to, it's it's it is tough to uh to narrow that down. My untouchables list is probably like four or five guys, I would say. Um from Dennis in the chat, San Marino Pizza in Barhaven is goaded. I've actually never had the pizza from San Marino. Uh I've only ever gotten food from San Marino one time. Uh, I was at I was at a friend's house. Um I don't know when this was in high school and uh, her mom was like, Hey, we're, we're ordering San Marino from San Marino. Here's the menu. Get what you want. And I, uh, I, I didn't order pizza. I got a, I got a pizza sub. I think it was probably good, but 
sorry to disappoint you. I've never had the the pizza from San Marino Pizza. Um, the team needs group therapy. The team should tune into one of these episodes because I feel like we're running group therapy for Auto Sounders fans every night. That's 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 what we're here for. Um, actually, I shouldn't even i I shouldn't even spin it that way. Uh, this is, this is more for me than, than for you guys, for, for, for all you folks tuning in. Um, I can say like, Oh, look at, look at this. We're all getting through it together. This is me sitting in my room. It's, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as sad when I have a guest or if I'm on the show with mod when it's just me sitting in my room, uh, at my desk, just looking at my computer, talking into my microphone to nobody in particular just the 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 wonderful folks at home tuning in it's it's times like this that i realize that it's for me it's for me to just spew whatever is in my head after watching this team (laughs) disappoint the entire fan base once again um yeah i don't i don't know what else to to say about this game just just a really just a really really rough really really rough stretch of time being a Sens fan I've said this before too um this this says a lot given how last season went and also how the current offseason is going but I'm I'm a diehard Toronto Blue Jays fan and uh last season was painful very painful. This offseason is maybe even more painful than last season was. The Sens have me counting down the days until the baseball season starts again. It's not good. It's it's really not good. It's pretty rough. So um I think with that we'll call it. We're gonna do a short one tonight. It's one AM. Uh not a whole lot left to talk about with this one, so I think I think we're just gonna call it there. Um, I can't. I, I I usually try to aim for closer to like you know forty five minutes or an hour, but I just I there's nothing left to talk about for this game. That's it. Um, we'll just leave it. There's gonna be a lot more to talk about in the coming games because we have some interesting matchups. So before I go, I will kind of uh, preview the next couple of episodes of game over that you can find myself or mod doing uh the next one is actually not going to be a game over ottawa but it will actually the next two it's a western road trip uh the next two games won't be you won't be seeing game over uh here we go ottawa down there i nailed it uh game over ottawa down there um for those who don't know we're doing uh head-to-head episodes now so whenever two canadian teams are uh playing each other the host team is going to be hosting the stream, and then a host from both shows will be on there. So uh, for anyone who couldn't find Game Over Ottawa uh, for the Tuesday game against Vancouver, um, that was on Game Over Vancouver, and it was myself and Sam from the Vancouver show. Um, so Saturday night, Sens are playing the Oilers, and that's going to have uh, it's going to be Mod on with Zach from Game Over Edmonton. And then uh, the next game following that to round out that Western road trip that is has been so brutal. Um, Tuesday, the Flames. It's going to be myself and Audie. And uh, I think 
I think we might just talk about Blue Jays the whole time, depending on how that goes. Because I think Audie and I are both at the point now where we're both just so sick of talking about our favorite hockey team. We're just going to go full on and, and just, it's going to be nothing but Toronto Blue Jays. That's not true. We're, this is a hockey show. We're going to stick to hockey, but it's like, I, I'm telling you, at least one of us is going to message the other saying, I would much rather talk about baseball because we are both just miserable hockey fans right now. Um, so yeah, the, those are going to be the next couple of shows, a couple of head-to-head episodes uh, with the Western Canadian uh, hosts, which it, it's it's a lot of fun. Those, those episodes are a blast. So if you can, I highly recommend tuning in. Again, those are going to be late ones again. That Oilers game is at 10 and the Flames game is going to be at 9. So... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a late one, so hopefully you guys are uh, okay with staying up. And uh, yeah, with that, we'll uh, we'll call it a night. Thanks everyone for tuning in. If you're watching it live, and hey, if you're watching this either live or after the fact, make sure to like the stream and subscribe to SDPN because uh, we are closing in on a hundred thousand subscribers. We are so close. So let's get to that hundred thousand subscriber mark. And um, Again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Really appreciate it, especially on these late ones and late ones where there's a loss. You guys could be going to bed, but instead you're here keeping me company while I vent in, in my bedroom. So thank you everyone so much for tuning in again. We'll, uh, we'll see you again soon. Have a great night.